The Dimp Digital Network presents The DDT WrestleCast Welcome to the DDT WrestleCast. I am here flying solo on this edition, but there's an awful lot to to talk about. It's been one of those weeks where (laughs) I would go to sit down and record this episode, and then I would check the internet quickly, and there'll be a significant piece of news that would drop, and it'll be a developing story. We'll just get a headline to start with, and then by the time... You know, it's time to go to bed because a lot of this stuff breaks overnight for, for myself being in the UK. A lot of it's American time. Um, I'd wake up and there'd be a brand new story and I'd go, okay, that evening I'll, I'll then plan to do that. Then the next day there'd be something else that would break. It kept going and going on. And it's just, it's been a bit of a crazy week in all honesty. And this particular episode has grown arms and legs. And I've completely thrown out what I was originally going to do. Um, and it's just been craziness it's crazy town it's always been a bit of a a, a weird and wacky industry not so much these days in modern times but behind the scenes there's still a lot of stuff going on and with lockdowns being in place covid19 all that stuff um there has been some significant changes in the landscape of professional wrestling um i'm gonna start things off on a bit of a somber note we got news that howard finkel had passed away one of the most recognisable voices in wrestling. Um, he, um, I, I started watching WWF 98 and he was the main kind of ring announcer at that time. But he'd been there since 1975. Vince McMahon's father, Vince McMahon Sr., um, hired Howard Finkel. He was the, it was the first employee of the then WWF. And um, he, he eventually became their, their, um, their primary ring announcer for many, many years. Until around sort of 2000, they, they got Tony Chimmel and, and Lillian Garcia. Um, but he had, a good, he had a good run, that's for sure. And um, I've been watching the old wrestling lately. I mean, year 2000 now. But in, in 99, he was kind of being phased out at that point. Raw and SmackDown by mid-99 was, was Tony and, uh, and Lillian who were doing either of those. And he was doing pay-per-view still. But there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an on-screen angle he does where he's, he kind of plays Chris Jericho's skivvy when Jericho first starts with WWF. And um, yeah, it's just interesting to see him in, in those appearances. And he, he went on to do voiceovers and he said done, done these occasional angles and whatnot. Uh, apparently he came up with the name WrestleMania as well. So what a great name. And that is obviously stood the test of time. But a sad day because Howard Finkel, as many people who, drew, who grew up watching wrestling in the, in the Attitude Era, his, his voice is kind of just burnt into your mind. It really is. You do get those those voices that um, just don't leave. I think he's, my favourite call of his was 
Well, I think it was SummerSlam 99. Was that the, is that Billy Gunn versus The Rock? It, that match, anyway. And it's, it's a kiss my ass match. And just hearing Howard Finkel announce the match, the following contest is scheduled for one fall, and it's a kiss my ass match. That never fails to put a smile on my face, but... Rest in peace, Howard. You've done a, a great service to the wrestling industry and was a, a big part of, of my my love for it and, um, you know, a sad day for, for all those involved in wrestling. Um, now, WWE, they've had all sorts of going on this week. They're the ones that basically caused the, the episode to completely change and, and, and grow its arms and legs. So we've had a positive test of COVID-19. So a WWE employee has tested positive for COVID-19. So here's the statement from the WWE. We believe this matter is low risk to WWE talent and staff as the individual and a roommate became symptomatic in the days following exposure to the two people working in acute healthcare on the evening of March 26th after a WWE TV production on a close set was already complete. So the symptoms appeared after. The employee had no contact with anyone from WWE since being exposed to those two individuals is doing well and has made a complete recovery. So good news in the fact that this individual who shall not be named um, has recovered, which is obviously a, if you get, you know, you end up with COVID-19, that's the, that's the, that's the end game really. You don't want to be ending up in hospital and, and all that stuff. It's a slippery slope. So the good news there is that um, that that particular individual has recovered. Worrying though, I mean, look, that just shows how easily this virus can can get in and, and get out. And WWE have been um, changing the way. And it's one of the stories I want to go into. They've they've changed the way they've structured their program, in which I think might not be the best idea. But we'll we'll get onto that anyway. The the person's not been named. They're saying it's low risk, so you know we take them for their word for that. Um, the state of Florida made a, an announcement that WWE, this includes many other sports organisations, basically anything of a national TV audience um, is classed as essential. Therefore, WWE, AEW if they wanted to, in fact, any any promotion with a national TV deal, which I think is only those two, to be quite honest, can run there. So in a memo that they, they released, employees at professional sports and media production with a national audience, including any athletes, entertainers, production team, executive team, media team, and any others necessary to facilitate, facilitate including services supporting such production only if the location is closed to the general public. Um, and that's what they list as essential. So if you, you fall into that category where you've got a national TV audience and you know, your sports and media production, you can pretty much get a skeleton crew together and do it, providing you do not open it to the general public. So WWE have been have been doing that. AEW done some taping, um, and it was a closed set. They just had people relevant to the shows um, attending those, no fans. So that's opened the door for wrestling to continue um, during during this COVID nineteen outbreak. And here's the here's the weird bit, kind of is attached to that particular story is that WWE have gone back to live programming. Now, 
WrestleMania, and this includes WrestleMania and the lead up to WrestleMania, they basically did a batch taping of SmackDown, Raw, NXT. AEW have done the same. They they done a lot of taping in Atlanta, Georgia, I believe, um, and they've got stuff probably till mid May, maybe maybe latest this time May. So sort of seventeenth, eighteenth. We don't know exactly how much AEW have got, but they've they've batch taped and they've got stuff to go until that time. WWE are going to go back to a live programming schedule. So this this has already happened. So NXT was recorded live or as close to live as possible. And so was uh, Raw. And, and SmackDown will be tonight as I record this. Um, and if you're listening to this before SmackDown. So not sure that's the best idea, if I'm honest. Um, the batch recording completely and utterly makes sense. You know, there's a question whether you should be doing it at all. But this is this just assume that you, you you accept that wrestling should run, and then you say how should we do it? Now, to me, the best way to do it is to condense the recording, condense the taping into as few days as possible. So you have people in an area for a a smaller amount of time, then they can go away and stay away for an extended period of time. What WWE have in doing this, in 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 going back to a, a live broadcasting situation and, and and programming, is that people now have to fly in Monday or, or Sunday, whatever, go and do the tapings, go back somewhere, come back the next week, and they have to keep doing that each week, which surely, surely increases the the risk, and it's an unnecessary risk, in my view. The rumor is that their um, their TV partners. Um, USA USA Network and um, and Fox only mandate they can tape a certain amount of shows per year. So no one's come out and said that, as far as I know, from any either of those networks. But that's the that's what people are rationalising why Vince has decided to do this because the plan was up until last week to do the ta- do tapings and actually <laughs> he actually recorded or taped part of SmackDown. And then Vince decided that we're going to return to live live TV shows from the Performance Centre. Um, so it's going to make quarantining and social distancing measures much, much more difficult. Um, Florida is open for business to record at this time. So there's not a problem there as we speak in terms of them coming back next week and doing all this again. But that could change. That really could change. That could be something that um, is... Is changed quite quickly if there's a sudden outbreak or a surge in cases, debt, anything like that could completely throw that whole Florida being open for business, you know, under the bus and gone. Um, we hope it doesn't because that would mean there's obviously a, a far wider problem than than wrestling being taped um, in the state of Florida. So for me, there's it's two things there. There's one that's it's safety-wise, it, it can't be the best idea because you've got people travelling in and out. I mean, I saw fuck. I saw Jerry Lawler flying in, like 70 years old, I think he is. He's had heart attack. Why is he getting on a plane to go to Raw? He's not essential to that production. I love Jerry, but no King. There's no need for you to be at Raw every week. I'm sorry. I'm sure JR doesn't want to be missing out on what AEW are doing. I'm 100% convinced of that. But the man is, what, 68? And AEW have deemed him... 
you know, probably a, a higher risk than most of the talent there, and therefore he stays at home. There's no, there's no good him getting on a plane to to help do the production. And they've managed to find an alternative um, with him doing some remote commentary, which we saw on on Dynamite Wednesday. So there's that 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 point of view, safety wise, surely not a good idea. And then the second point is, like I said, if if the situation changes, and Florida has to, you know up the measures and, and start shutting down or, or reducing what they consider essential businesses or services or, or, or sporting operations, then WWE will be left with no programming for that, that particular period of time. They would have to scramble, find a probably a new state somewhere else, then move everyone to that place. And doing it week to week, just kind of, you're playing with a bit of fire because if the situation changes... You've only, you're only ever going to have that week's worth of, of content that you've recorded and it's already gone out so you've got nothing in the bank and then, then that whole point about oh you know we can't do so many tape shows a year we're scared of the money being pulled or, or funded or whatever goes out the window because you, you're not going to be able to fulfil that commitment anyway so I don't know that, that's madness to me like there's, the two reasons is you, you bulk tape for the safety of the people that have to be involved with it reduce the amount of traveling they have to do over a period of time and then also the, the business side of things you you've then guaranteed let's just say six weeks worth of content where the situation might have changed again some areas might have relaxed their processes and, and protocols and you know there's i don't get that at all it's probably vince being vince so it's probably maybe they're, they're frightened about losing that money i don't know not gonna even try and understand that one um, from my perspective. Not quite wrestling related, but related to WWE, XFL filed for bankruptcy, so that's gone. Um, Vince's little pet project has flushed again, so it's second. The second coming of the XFL seemingly is, is dead before it really got off the ground again, and you know maybe it never would have got off the, the ground ever again. But that's gone, so... You know, some of Vince's money that won't be plundered into that. Again, anyone that's on the payroll for the XFL now will lose their job. And speaking of, of job losses and releases and furloughing and bits like that, WWE announced a hell of a lot of releases to talent, producers, other on-screen um, workers, commentary people, bits and pieces like that. I've got a list that I've taken from WrestlingInc.com. And this is the story that's kind of been developing over the coming days. Like there's been names, a first batch of like 12 names, and it increased. And then, so this, this, this list is not definitive. I expect there could be more announced imminently. So we've got Rusev, Kurt Angle, Zack Ryder, Rowan, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. So the, the Boneyard match has, has killed them off for good. Sarah Logan, EC3. Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Mike and Maria Canellesis, Heath Slater, No Way Jose, Eric Young, Leo Rush, Primo Epico, Diona Pizarro, Dan Matha, MJ Jenkins, Alicia Marino, Alexander Jeskic, and then that's the talent they've announced. That's gone. Um, could be more, but no, no. Um, word on whether that's the end of the, the matter or not. They've then furlonged a set of producers, so Fit Finley, Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, IRS, for those that are 
that are listening and had, had listened to our SummerSlam 1992 review the other week. Oh, lovely drop of coffee that is. Um, so he's gone. He's no longer going to be a producer for now. They're, they're for longed. Uh, Pat Buck, Sean Devari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Lance Storm. So they've been furlonged. Now, the expectation is that they will probably come back once house shows resume and, you know, all the production comes back. But for now, they're, they're, fur, they're furlonged. Uh, three coaches, which was Serena Deeb, Kendo Cashin and Chris Guy. A steal. Announcers, Aiden English, Jerry Soto and referee Mike Kyoga, Kyoda released. Mike Kyoda's been there since 1989. Like after after Earl Hebner, he's you know the second most famous referee in the world. He's a, he's a lad. Once Earl went, he became the lead the lead referee. Bloody hell! So he's gone. Madness. Creative. Andrea Listenberger, and then other on air talent was Josiah Williams and John Costello. So the route. The Wrestling Observer is saying that the talent, so the wrestlers I mentioned at the very beginning, all have a non-compete until the 15th of July. So usually there's a 90-day non-compete clause in, in all WWE contracts. Um, for NXT, all the release names aren't known. And unlike the main roster, the belief, this is all from Wrestling Observer, the belief is that there will be more to come. Um, we're told everyone who isn't featured heavily on NXT television is sweating on this. The NXT talent cut will only be on a 30-day non-compete um, obligation, so they, they could go and work for someone else within 30 days. That's a huge amount of people that have been shown the door. Um, if we look at this from a business perspective... So, obviously Vince, we've got there. But we also have this little fictional fella called Alan. And, and Alan, because you, you, you guys on DDT won't know who Alan is. Alan is a, a fictional business advisor slash consultant who operates in every, every company or promotion that we talk about. There's a guy called Alan there who's, who's making the calls that's best for business. So from Alan's perspective, so he's sitting there sweating on all this money that could be potentially going. There's, there's going to be a loss of one of the, the Saudi Arabia shows that, that brings in a huge amount of money. No house shows are running. No live shows are running. So that's obviously gates for both of those. And merchandise sales are, are down. Um, so there's, there's, there, he wants to make, make cutbacks and, and save some money. And that's, that's the reason why this is being done. From a, if you look at it purely from a business perspective, that is the only um, only reason why that's that's there. It's to to try and save money during this difficult time, and it's a pretty cut and dry thing. If you're if you're sat there in the business area of this, you'd go, "Yep, that makes sense. That makes complete sense." But it's not black and white, is it? Because there's, there's a moral quandary here with the WWE releasing. And these are just the named workers. I'm pretty confident there's dozens of others that aren't named workers at WWE who've been either furlonged or, or released outright. And these people are now out of a job. And I'm not going to 
even have the arrogance to sit here and say out of those people who should go to another promotion who could go to AEW for example because I just don't I don't know enough about the the, the depth of the, the the WWE roster to to say that but hypothetically speaking if any of these guys did want to work for another company there's two problems and this is just from a wrestler perspective one is this non-compete so you know you've already got 90 days where you can't actually go off and, and do anything contractually. So thumb up ass there for 90 days. And secondly, every wrestling promotion on the planet is hurting at the moment. They're all they're all suffering in some way. So yes, some some are more heavily affected than others, but <clears throat> the opportunity for talent to be picked up now by by a, a company is at an all-time low. Because no one knows what's going to happen next week, let alone in 90 days, whether these will be useful acquisitions. And if we just look at something like AEW, they've just had a big influx of talent. Lance Archer, Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, three reasonably big names, two from, from WWE and then one from, uh, from New Japan in Lance Archer. So they uh, they've already kind of spent some money you know acquired some new talent and and set plans for them and there is only so much space for people they you know could they pick up another free from the release there maybe but then you've got the younger talent they've been looking at bringing through and it just you know it's just not a good time to be a free agent wrestler who had previously worked for the WWE the indies aren't running so you can't even go and get booked for that Oh, lovely drop of brew, that coffee, as I keep saying. Um, so morally, I mean, to just to do this is, I think, wrong. Because WWE are, are hurting, yes. But they are still going to be a profitable company at the end of this year. And they will gross an enormous amount of money at the end of this year as well. So... Yes, it will save them money, but it's not like they have to do this to survive. And that's the difference between what a lot of companies are doing. They're making the difficult decision. This is not even wrestling. This is everywhere. Can, can we afford to keep running our current operations? Can we even just afford to keep going? Yes or no? Um, the answer is no. It's like, okay, can we cut people so that a percentage of people can still earn a living and then we can still go? Yes. Now... WWE do not have to do that. They would not go bankrupt, like the XFL. They would not go out of business. Yes, their their investors would be displeased because they they won't make as much money as they would have done, you know, had they released this talent. But come on. Good God. Shitty. Feel sorry for all those guys. Um, some will fare better than other, others. Others will may never work again oh i watched um drake maverick he put a, a video on on twitter hours after the the announcement was made official and that was that was heartbreaking to watch he's in tears talking about you know the situation he's gonna yeah go and watch that like if you're sitting there thinking of these 
poor wrestlers don't worry about them just watch that as that was horrible to watch and but like i said there's other people and other businesses that are going through this as well so not surprising that this has happened in the wrestling industry i'm just surprised it's the most cash rich wrestling promotion that's the first to do it like aw might end up doing it they might you know, we're still early days in this, and this looks like it's going to be a long-term thing. So they might have to, they might deem they've got to do stuff. But you know, to be the first and be the most cash-rich is, you know, madness in my view. It's not, it's not a good look. The optics on that are not good, and um, we'll see because MLW might decide they've got to release people, and then do we have the same conversation there? We probably, you know, we probably will do. We'll condemn that. But at the same point, um, that might be a necessary thing to keep the business, their company afloat. This is not the case here. They're not going to go under if they kept these, you know, two dozen people on. It's just, it's just a way of reducing the amount they're going to lose. So from a business perspective, Alan's laughing, but morally, come on. And then again, it's Vince. What do, what do, what do, what do we expect? Um, Wednesday Night Wars. Not something I'm particularly... Enamoured to cover every single week or even at, at all occasionally, but whilst we were doing this episode, I thought <clears throat> might as well mention it. Um, the Wednesday Night Wars are only important to to me from the UK because I know it's it potentially is a a, a critical factor in AEW, NXT, and other wrestling promotions staying around on television, which means they will then be ported over to the UK so I can watch it. But it doesn't, I can't do anything to, to influence this. But I was very surprised this week because NXT beat AEW for the second straight week. So NXT averaged 692,000 viewers on Wednesday. Which was down a thousand from last week, but you know, talking minute ones. Um, Dynamite six hundred eighty-three thousand, so that's down one percent from the previous week. So NXT, despite having their big matches last week, really with with, with Champa and um, what's his bloody name, Johnny Wrestling Gargano. As a huge feud that was supposed to be the, the blow-off to that feud. Um, so I thought that was going to be their peak, to be honest. And I thought AEW this week had Moxley v Hager in the empty arena, no-holds-barred match. I thought that would be, you know, that would be a big draw. <clears throat> it wasn't. So Dynamite and, and AEW, viewer-wise, are hurting. Are hurting from all this empty arena business. And, you know, the crowds, are, they're integral to, to pro wrestling, really. But you'd say maybe more so with, with AEW because it's how fucking rabid sometimes. They, they they give matches an extra dimension for sure. And, and the NXT crowd do as well, especially at takeovers when there's a bigger crowd there. But, you know, it's showing at the moment that the, the, the Dynamite audience aren't as loyal <laughs> as the NXT audience are. So they are not... They're obviously saying we, we, we do not like this. <laughs> and I think they had a peak uh, this year of around 900,000. So, you know, that's that's when there was a, a peak in. Now they're, they're down to the sort of 
high 600,000s. Um, the, the saving grace for, for AEW and Dynamite um, is in the 18 to 49 demo, which is known as the money demo. Um, they scored a 0.25, which was actually ahead of NXT, which was a 0.17. So if you look at the, the top 50 rankings for the night, um, Dynamite finished 29th because the demo is what kind of slants those. There's, you know, some people who the fanboys of both are saying, well, total viewership's what counts. The the AEW fans this week are saying, no, it's the demos. And whenever that, if that ever swaps, they'll change their mind. But it's one of those things, you know, people will tell you all day long it's total viewership. Others will say the networks, the guys that pay the money are interested in the 18 to 49 demo because that's where they get their, uh, their ad revenue from. So... You know, it's just I'm just the main thing of that really. The, the pick out point is that I'm surprised that AEW didn't go up from last week. It actually went down. And that's worrying because they had a world title fight on Dynamite. Um, so not ideal, not ideal. Uh, AEW news again: Double or Nothing is still scheduled for May, so they're still going to go ahead with that pay per view. But it won't take place at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. So that's probably the least surprising news of the week. Um, I was waiting for them to do that because I was originally planning to fly over to Vegas from the UK to go to that event and visit Vegas for the week as well. Obviously plenty of things to do there. And then when all this shit kicked off, I thought, oh God... What if what if I can't get out there because of the travel restrictions in the UK, but the event still goes ahead? Can I get a refund? What all that? And this simplifies things from a selfish point of view. Um, I was going to go to the Dynamite after actually the Fallout episode um, of Dynamite. That's been cancelled and just refunded. What they're saying with with Double or Nothing is that you can request a refund at the point of sale, or you can keep your ticket for next year. And the event will be taking place May the 29th, 2021 at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. So I've got a decision to make there <laughs> in terms of whether I want a, a refund or to keep the ticket. Uh, in my view, I, I want to go to Vegas and, you know, if AEW's on, maybe we'll go and see that. So let's that's, that's simplify things slightly for, for people and they should be able to get a refund if they want it. If not, they can um, save it for next year. And I hope that in, in 13 months' time, we are in a much better position with this pandemic that is going on. But that'll be it. Um, I'm not... I, I'm actually... I'm going to do very quick thoughts on Dynamite. And it's, it's mainly the Hager and Moxley match. So if you're in the UK and you're listening to this and you've not watched AEW yet because it's not aired on ITV until Friday night and this is coming out sort of Friday afternoon I'm not going to spoil the result of it but I'm going to give my opinion so you might want to just skip past this last minute or so um, I watch it on Fight TV with a AEW Plus subscription so I can watch it Thursday mornings when I get up um, so that's why I'm ahead of the game there I'm not illegally streaming it before you guys ask um, I actually put money in their pocket, which has got to be helpful. But anyway, the really quick thoughts. Obviously, skip forward if you don't want to hear my thoughts yet or you want to come back to it, do whatever. But um, they hyped up this Hager and Moxley match a lot. And I'll tell you what, the lead up, the, the video packages they did last week and the weeks leading up to this match were 
fucking excellent. Some of the best stuff that AEW have done on in on that front in terms of video packages and hype. And then I hear people like Jim Ross, who's who does commentary for this. He does remote commentary, and you know it's it's nice to have a bit of a change of pace from. Tony Giovanni and Chris Jericho who are doing a great job with like the core matches that are taking place on Dynamite but it's a nice change of pace just to have JR for this special world title match but you had him hyping up the match Moxley hyping up the match Tony Khan saying he believes the best empty arena match ever put on and I was thinking Jesus Christ this must be something fucking special I gotta be tuned in for this and it was alright <laughs> it wasn't bad it was a, a walk on brawl walk on brawl. Um, had some sort of attempted MMA shoot bits in it from the beginning. There was sort of like three distinct stages to, to the match, but it was okay. It wasn't it, I was led to believe it to be the best thing since sliced bread and it wasn't. So that's the that's the that's my fault for believing what the, the president of the company says and those wrestlers involved said before seeing it myself. That was not I mean, I don't have every empty arena match to hand, but I would be surprised if that's the best ever one. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. It was all right. It's watchable. It's decent. The, the build-up was better than the match. I'll just put it that way. Anyway, that's it. DDT WrestleCast is closed for a, another session. If you're listening to us via our podcast feed, DDT WrestleCast, or the DDT WrestleCast, then thank you and well done. You are the first people to be listening to this episode and our future content if you're watching or listening on youtube thank you and well done um but you do get it a little bit later there is a there's like a full at least at least a 48 hour lag on getting a decent video version this produced and, and sent up so if you are just sitting there with the on your phone listening to it on youtube and you've got it open and you're not even you're not watching the screen then i advise you go on to Google Store or Apple, whatever you call it, put in podcast, find a podcast app, download it, search for DDT WrestleCast, Deep Digital, you'll see is the author, subscribe to that, then you'll get the content earlier and you won't lose anything, because we don't put any unique video content here, but I'm aware that YouTube do love a podcast on a video channel so it will continue to come here just all bit a little bit later and just be aware you can get it a little bit quicker if you uh if you do that anyway starting to babble this is what happens when i get left on my own we will um be back in due course the the winner of our, our poll for for one of the pay-per-views we're going to cover was the 1992 royal rumble so i'll get that over to paper so he can watch it and we will um we'll both watch that and review it it's a very good event from memory. Watched it a few years ago. So looking forward to that. Um, and we're try- I'm trying to organise a uh, some future events as well, which I, I don't think they're going to go to poll, but trying to get an event, one event per decade in. So just keep an eye on that. There might be some, some old stuff coming your way, then some slightly newer stuff, then some peak attitude era stuff. So that's all coming. Um, the other announcement I've got, actually is if you listen to the launch episode I mentioned that there that there was a season of me sitting there reviewing WWF events from 1998 and I was going to do it from 98 through to 2001 WrestleMania 17 all that good stuff I have made the difficult decision to can that 
So I'm not going to publish those yet. They, they may get published in the future, but to be honest, there's no set format for them. I'm really drunk for at least a third of them, which might be funny, but also might be incoherent and offensive. And to be honest, that's one, the quality is just not there. I wasn't, I wasn't pleased with the, with the quality of what I listened back to. So they are, they were recorded about six months ago as well. So this is before DDT became a, a, a thing, its own, its own kind of stream. So I didn't want to also put old stuff on there. With the, I try and, contrary to what you've just listened to, I do try and make these things a decent level of production and entertaining to listen to. This week's a little bit different because it's more of a news-related episode. So these will be probably infrequent. We'd like to do the event reviews where possible, but it's it's not always something we can do. Um, but yeah, just wanted to mention that if you were waiting around for those, don't. Um, but we we've got events lined up to to review some classics and and some old school favourites. So there you go. But that's going to be it now. I will stop babbling, and I'll, all I'm going to say is thanks very much for your time and tada. This was a Dimp Digital production.